invite you in right now say thank you for this morning as we always do so let, just let your presence surround us this morning Father just remind us that you are with us in the battles of life father through the circumstances when it seems like we are surrounded you fight our battles so we just pray this morning father that you continue to work through our situations the struggles and the battles that only you know about 
if we can right now, Father, if we can give that to you, just allow us to take comfort in the fact that you fight our battles, even when it seems like we are surrounded. So let's take comfort right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I lift every fear to the heavens, watch him disappear in your presence. One by one they fall into perfect peace. You know everything. Yeah, you listen through my anxious thoughts with compassion. One by one they fall into perfect peace. So I will be still. Oh, I will be 
God, thank you, Father, for being such a a good God. Just remind us that we can just be comfortable in your presence. So just prepare our hearts for the message, Father, your message this morning. And just continue to allow us to feel free inside of your presence. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, you may be seated. Thank you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Jar. We are so glad that you joined us today. Whether you're here in person or on the live stream, my name is Dawn, and I have just a few announcements for you. Whether you've been coming to The Jar for years or if this is your first time connecting with us, we would love for you to fill out our Connect card. It's just a way for us to get to know you better and to connect with you. Whether you are here in person or if you are online, you can head over to thejar.org stream in order to do that. Your chat room host will assist you with that process. You can also download our JAR app and fill out all of these things there. If you are in person with us today, there is a connect card in the cup holder of your chair. You can fill that out and drop it in the black box on your way out of the door today. If this is your first time joining us today, I want to invite you to stop by our guest connections table out in the lobby. They have a free gift for you, or if you're live streaming for the first time, you can head on over to thejar.org slash new and fill out a short form to let us know that you're here with us today. If you're new to the jar, you might have questions like, how did the jar get started? Why is it called the jar? Or who is this Chris guy? You can get answers to those questions at First Steps with Chris. First Steps is a time where you can meet Chris and some other staff members and also other new people to learn more about the jar. It will be on July 30th at 6 p.m. at the Jar Ministry Center. Dinner and childcare will be provided, so make sure that you sign up at thejar.org slash first step. If you have recently made a commitment to Jesus and are ready to make that public, we are going to have a baptism on August 23rd at Prairie Creek Reservoir. Getting baptized doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. It just means that you want to commit to doing things God's way instead of on your own. The baptism will be a little bit different this year. In order to keep everyone healthy, we will include only family and close friends of those getting baptized, and we will provide a meal for them. But don't worry, we'll be filming the entire event so everybody can be a part of it. If you would like to get baptized, you can sign up for the baptism class, which will be after church on August 2nd. Just go to thejar.org slash baptism or check the baptism box on the back of your Connect card today. JARKIS is hosting a brand new event this year on Friday, July 31st called Floats Family and Fun. This event will be a time where families and kids can make root beer floats, decorate with sidewalk chalk, and get family pictures taken. Social distancing will be happening, but the event will be outside. Please RSVP to this event by going to thejar.org slash chalk. 
The JAR partners with East Washington Academy, and through that partnership, we always want to find ways to help out our monthly community schools. MCS has released their school supplies list for the year, and they have many needs, and we want to help with that. So the JAR has committed to provide 500 composition notebooks and 500 number two pencils for monthly community schools. We would love for you to donate, and you can drop off these items here at the church in the tub underneath the offering, or you can drop off supplies at the JAR Ministry Center during the week, Monday through Friday from 9 to 3. At this time, we'd like to give you an opportunity to give financially to the mission of the JAR, which is to love our community into a relationship with Jesus. If this is your first time connecting with us, please don't feel pressured to give at all. But if the JAR is your church home, we encourage you to give generously because God has given so generously to us. Whether you're here in person or live streaming, it's super easy to give online. You can give by going to thejar.org slash stream or on the JAR app, or you can text GIVE to the number on your screen. If you prefer to give in person, there will be offering boxes at the doors when you exit from the building, and you can drop your offering in that on your way out. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we're able to meet back in person. We thank you for each person here. We thank you for each person on the live stream. We just pray that you would be with us. Um, that you would be with Chuck today as he teaches, and just allow our hearts to be changed. We love you and thank you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Jar. My name's Chris, and I'm the senior pastor here. As you can tell, though, I'm not there, but next week I will be, and we're starting a new series that I'm really excited about called Relate, which will be all about relationships. We will be looking at some helpful teachings that Jesus gave us on how to have healthy relationships. So I hope you'll join us next Sunday and invite a friend, family member, co-worker, or neighbor to either join us at the Civic or online. Well, today you're in for a treat as we'll be hearing from one of my best friends, Chuck Mock. Chuck is one of our elders. He's my weekly accountability partner. And most of all, he's a man of God who has a great ability to communicate God's word. So I invite you now to give a huge hand for Chuck as we welcome him to the stage. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, this here is a, this picture is a Bengal tiger. Now, although it was made famous by Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin, it is actually the national animal of India. Now, the Bengal tiger population has declined 95% in the last century. So they're slowly becoming extinct. So in India, they created these reserves to protect them, to allow them to repopulate, and it's worked. They are increasing in numbers. Now one problem that has happened, though, as the Bengal tiger population began increasing, the people working in the reserves and living in the area began decreasing. I think you know what I mean. They were being eaten by these Bengal tigers. 60 people a year were being killed by Bengal tigers. Now somehow, and I have no idea how, 
But these workers in the reserves, they discovered that the tigers would only attack from behind. They would actually sneak up on you and attack you when you didn't see them. But if you watched them, if you stared them down, they never attacked. It was only when you didn't know that they were there or you turned your back to them where they were unseen, did they attack. So the people, they had to always keep their eyes on them at all times. They had to be aware of them at all times. You know, this same theory often applies to our lives. It's the unseen things that attack us. The Apostle Paul speaks about this. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, he tells us, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So Paul just gave us our big idea for today. What I want you to remember that is that as Christians, our battle is spiritual and often unseen. Our battle is spiritual and often unseen. Now, for some weird reason, and I don't know why, but for some, believing in the devil seems to be like an old superstition. It's an old wise tale. Let me tell you, that's one of Satan's greatest victories is to convince us that he doesn't exist. Just because you don't see something doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. I was going to someone's house one day. I get out of my truck. I walk up to the gate and I see a sign that says, beware of dog. Now, this was before, this was back in the day, this was before everyone had cell phones. So I couldn't just call and ask them if they had a dog and if they did, was it out? So what we would do back in the day, we would rattle the fence. Took the gate, that chain link fence. Ding, 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 ding. And you'd look, see if the dog would come running. Ding, 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 ding. Nothing. So I called out for the dog. Here, doggy, doggy. Here, sweet, nice poochie. Nothing. So I open the gate. I walk up to the porch. I give a hard knock on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And I hear a... I look down. There's a Rottweiler laying between two chairs on the porch. I had apparently disturbed Cujo's nap time. And now he was looking at me like I'm a medium well sirloin. I yelled a few crisp bunches and I was gone faster than a toupee in a hurricane. Hey, just because you don't see something doesn't mean that it isn't there. It's like the Bengal tiger. Satan likes to sneak up on us. He likes to sneak up on us and attack. You've got to know there is a battle going on around us. There is a spiritual battle between good and evil. It's taking place in our schools. It's taking place in our workplaces, in our government, in our homes. It's taking place in our minds. Satan is putting things in your head. He's making you doubt. Satan is trying to put people in your path. 
to make you start to question. See, John 10 verse 10 says the evil one comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Satan's sneaky. He's strategically doing things to get you to take your eyes off of Jesus. Because when we take our eyes off of Christ, we become vulnerable for attack. Our dedication, our commitment to church becomes vulnerable. Our marriages become vulnerable. Our families become vulnerable. Our character and our integrity become vulnerable. Out of sight, out of mind. Just like that Bengal tiger that sneaks up from behind. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking to devour someone. So here was the problem. These workers in the reserves, they couldn't keep their eyes on the tigers at all times. This was impossible. So they started wearing masks to look like faces on the back of their heads. They're called back masks. And it worked. The attacks stopped. Tigers were still seen following workers wearing the mask, but they never attacked. These back masks became their protection. These masks became their armor. So back to Ephesians. After Paul lets us know there's a battle between good and evil taking place in our lives and that it's the spiritual things that we don't see that get us, he goes on in verse 13, he says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when that day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Notice it says, when that day of evil comes. Paul is saying, you're going to be attacked. Battles are guaranteed. You're here in church. Satan opposes that. Paul didn't write this to the unchurched. There's nothing to oppose in that. We are going to face battles. We are going to take hits in life. But the Bible says if you put the armor on now, that when that day comes, you're going to be able to stand firm. These hits that Satan throws at you, they're not going to defeat you. They're not going to destroy you. You can stand your ground. So what is this armor of God? This armor of God that Paul says we must put on. That we must wear in order to be victorious in our Christian walk. To be able to stand against evil. Well, I think it's important for you to know that when Paul wrote Ephesians, he was in Mamertine prison. He was in prison when he wrote this. In Rome. And since he was in Rome, he would have been surrounded by Roman soldiers, possibly even chained to one. And I imagine he's looking at this, these Roman soldiers, and he's seeing what they wear to be victorious in battle, to be successful on the battlefield. And that becomes his metaphor For us, 
Because he starts, the first piece of armor that Paul gives us is in Ephesians 6, verse 14. He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So the first piece of armor we are to put on is the belt of truth. Now, naturally speaking, a belt is used to hold things in place. And spiritually, the belt of truth does the same thing. You know, one of Jesus' most common phrases was, I tell you the truth. He uses that phrase 78 times in the Gospels. What is truth? Truth is what God says. Where do we find the truth? In the Bible. How does this truth protect us? Well, it keeps us from being tripped up. It keeps us from being tripped up. So back in that day with the Roman soldiers, they wore long tunics. We'd call them skirts, dresses today. As some ladies can probably attest to, you try to run in a long dress and it can trip you up. You know, the fourth date I went on with my now wife, Loretta, she wore a Long, flowing, just a beautiful dress. We went out to dinner. When we arrived back at my house afterwards, a storm had come in and it was pouring down rain. She gets out of my vehicle, tries to run to keep from getting soaked, gets tripped up in her dress right into a mud puddle. She was so embarrassed and I felt horrible for her. But dresses are hard to run in. So what these soldiers would do is they would actually tuck their tunic up under their belt. They would tuck it under the belt to hold it in place. That way they would be able to be free to be able to move in battle. They wouldn't get tripped up. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, let us strip off everything that slows us down or holds us back. And especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. You see, in spiritual warfare, the things that trip us up, sins, temptations, they're a lie. Stuff's a lie. You see, Satan dangles something in front of your face. In front of your nose. And he says, this is what it's going to do for you. And it may do some of that. I mean, it may make you feel good for a little while. But it will never fulfill your needs. But we have to exchange those lies for truth. When Satan whispers, this pill. This bottle. That porn. That relationship, that's what's going to make you happy. Well, God says in Matthew 5, verse 6, happier those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. You exchange the lies for the truth. The truth, this truth, it will keep you from being tripped up. This truth will hold everything in your life in place. 
In John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Next verse, verse 14 goes on to say, With the breastplate of righteousness in place. So that's our next piece of armor that Paul gives us. The breastplate of righteousness. Now you have to know righteousness is not what you do it's what Christ did. Second Corinthians 5 verse 21. Scripture that sounds kind of complicated, but it's really not. It says God made him, talking about Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So you have Jesus who is sinless. He's morally right, righteous. And then you have us. You and I, who I'm afraid are not, we are full of sin. But on the cross, Jesus exchanged our sin for his righteousness. That's what he made a trade. But like with any trade, you have to accept it. Romans 3 verse 22, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So to gain this righteousness, this swap, you have to accept and believe what Jesus Christ did. You have to believe that Jesus died for you. You have to believe that he died for your sins. It's a simple prayer we close each service with every week. So, if I pray this, then we are righteous in the eyes of God. Yes. Well, then why do we need a breastplate? You see, the breastplate is to help us to live righteously. Matthew 6 verse 33 tells us to seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. You see, once we make that decision to accept Christ, our lives should reflect that decision. And that's where the breastplate of righteousness comes in. Notice it shields and protects the heart. Proverbs 4 verse 23 tells us, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You see, your heart guides your actions. Whatever gets to your heart, whatever gets in your heart will reflect in your decisions. If money, if money has your heart, you're going to be greedy. If lust has your heart, you're going to be sneaking around. You're going to be doing things that you shouldn't be doing. If hatred, if hatred has your heart, you're going to be saying things. You're going to be posting things that reflect that. It's ugly. It shows. You know, in the greatest commandment Jesus gave us, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Jesus is saying, don't be distracted by all these other things. Don't let Satan lure you in. These things are all temporary. They will never fulfill you. They will never truly bring you joy. They will never bring you happiness. 
Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You see, when you focus on what Christ did and you focus on who Christ is, it directs what you do. It directs who you are. Next verse, verse 15 says, And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's our next piece of armor, the gospel of peace. This is my wife's favorite piece of armor, shoes. But you know what Paul's describing here? He's describing a battle-ready Christian. Shoes on, ready for the call. You know, during summer, a few years back, it was a Saturday. I was laying by the pool, relaxing, soaking up some sun. When I received a call from a customer who needed an air conditioner fan motor. Now, just so you know, being a pastor is like my passion. But heating and air conditioning is how I can afford food and guitars. So I get the call and instead of putting on my boots and my workwear, I decided to just leave my flip flops on and just throw a shirt on real quick and go. And long story short, I dropped the motor on my foot. Toes were black and blue for months. I'm telling you, my big toenail changed every shade of color that there is. In addition to this, fast forward some months later, my son and I go to our annual fall break Brown County trip. And we're staying at the Abe Martin Lodge. And one evening he's playing in the water park. With some friends he met and I was in the hot tub with a bunch of parents and we're all just talking. All of a sudden I saw something floating in the water. It looked like a band-aid. I'm thinking, well, that's nasty. And then I realized it was my big toenail. The chlorine and the heat must have finally worked it all the way off. I had to stay in the hot tub until everyone else had gotten out. Because it would have been pretty obvious whose it was, considering I'm the one missing the big toenail. I was overcome with dizziness, nausea. Not to mention I wrinkled up like a prune being in there so long. All of this because I failed to have on the proper footwear. I was unprepared For what I was called to do, you cannot overstate the importance of footwear, especially, especially in battle. You know, for Roman soldiers, not only were their footwear comfortable, allowing them to be able to march for miles, but they had spikes like cleats embedded in the bottom of them to allow them to be able to stand their ground, to kind of navigate through Tough terrain. Now keep this in mind. Gospel means good news. Good news of Christ. Good news of Jesus, who in Isaiah 9 verse 6 is referred to as the Prince of Peace. So the good news brings us peace. Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. 
I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So this good news, this gospel of Jesus brings us peace. And this peace helps us to stay grounded. Despite our circumstances, despite what's going on around us, amid uh, chaos and uncertainty. Has anybody felt that this year? But we can still walk. We can still navigate, comforted by the knowledge that ultimately God is the one who is in control of all this. God is in control. Now notice that scripture said feet fitted with the readiness. You see, our feet are what carry us as we go out in the world to share the good news. As we go out to share the gospel of peace. We need to always be prepared. We need to always be Ready for whatever it is that God's calling us to do. Jesus tells us in Mark 16 verse 15. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. First Peter 3.15 says. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer. Always be ready to explain it. So this gospel of peace. It not only allows us to have peace. It not only allows us to be grounded But it allows us to advance the kingdom as well. Verse 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So our next piece of armor in the armor of God is the shield of faith. And I want you to listen to how the Bible defines faith. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We mentioned earlier in the teaching, just because you can't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I can't see the wind, but I can feel it blowing against my face. I can see trees swaying during storms. I know it's there. I can't see God, but I can see acts of God. I can feel God. I have faith. I trust that he's there. You see, your faith is an important part of your armor. It's your shield. It is your shield and it will protect you. Protect you from what? The scripture said flaming arrows Of the evil one. Do you know that Satan knows every desire that you have in your heart? It's a scary thought. He knows every desire in your heart. He knows what you struggle with. He knows what tempts you the most. And it appears that every demon has like perfect aim when they're shooting these arrows to hit that spot. These arrows, these temptations, when they hit us, they enrage our emotions. It enrages us like a fire out of control. That's why scripture says flaming arrows. And But the Bible is saying your faith, the Bible saying your trust in God 
is your shield to protect you from these. To protect you from these arrows, to protect you from these temptations. First John five, verse four says every child of God is able to defeat the world and we win the victory over the world by means of our faith. Verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation. So the helmet of salvation is our next piece of armor that Paul gives us. Salvation means to be saved, to be delivered, to be rescued. I want you to think of someone who's trapped in a flood. They're trapped in the flood. There, it's, there's no way out for them. The water's too powerful. They're completely overcome by it. No matter how strong they are. No matter how powerful of a swimmer they are, there's no way for them to be able to get over to the side and to climb up. There's no way for them to escape. They need help. They need someone to rescue them. It's the story of mankind. Romans 3 verse 22, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, God decided to send His Son, Jesus Christ, to come down to the earth, to stand on the bank, to stretch out His hand and say, Take it. Take my hand. And He lifts us up out of that flood channel. That's what salvation is. That's what salvation is. So what's Paul's reasoning then for the helmet? Well, it's in our heads that we contain the knowledge of what Christ did for us. It's in our heads that we believe in Jesus for eternal life. And it's in our heads that Satan will attack and he will try to convince us otherwise. Satan loves to attack what a Christian knows. But it isn't about what we know. It's about who we know. Jesus says in John chapter 10 verses 27 and 28, My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Don't allow Satan to put that doubt in your mind. Our minds are the battleground of spiritual warfare. What we think determines what we believe and what we believe determines how we live. You know, when they began to build the Golden Gate Bridge... In San Francisco, man, the work went slow for quite a while. And it's not that they were short on workers or short on money because they had plenty of both. The reason 
was that the men were scared. Working over those cold, icy waters of the San Francisco Bay, they were 476 feet in the air. They went slow because they were afraid of falling. In fact, 12 men did fall. Twelve men fell to their death, and with each one, the workers grew even more scared. And the work progressed even slower. With each passing day, the job got further and further behind schedule. So finally, the contractor had the idea to lay a safety net below the bridge. And he ran this net from one side of the bay all the way to the other, underneath the workers, so that if they fell, it wouldn't matter. They would land on the safety net and they would be safe. And guess what? After that, the work went quick. The bridge was actually finished on time. Why did the net make all the difference? It was security. It was assurance that if they fell, they would be caught. They would be okay. And this freed up the workers to just focus on the job at hand, the task that they had in front of them. You see, you have to remember... There is a safety net below you if you fall. And this safety net is the very hand of God. That same hand, that same hand that reached down and pulled you up, that same hand that saved you from the raging flood is the same hand that catches you when you fall, when you mess up. When you do something dumb, when you say something dumb. Don't let the lies of Satan get into your mind. Man, take up the helmet of salvation, put it on, and know that if you believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life, your salvation is secure. The next part of verse 17 says, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So all the armor that we've talked about today has been for our defense. This is for the offense. This is the sword of the Spirit. And the sword of the Spirit is the Bible. The sword of the Spirit is the Bible. Hebrews 4 verse 22 says, The Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So the Word of God, this Bible, is a weapon. It is a weapon that works in you, and it's a weapon that works for you. Well, how does it work in us? Well, it cuts into the deepest parts of our lives when we're reading it. It molds us, it shapes us, it carves us. It reveals attitudes that need to change. It reveals actions that need to change. 
works for us as well. When Satan brings you temptation, you use the word of God to defeat that temptation. You stand strong and you attack with what is written in the Bible. After Jesus was baptized, Jesus faced temptation from Satan. And the weapon he used to defeat him was scripture. He quoted scripture back to him. He said, it is written. It is written. You see, learning to use the sword of the spirit, it takes practice. Because you've got to read the Bible. You've got to spend time reading the Bible. You've got to spend time studying the Bible. You've got to give to God time to let the word speak to you. A 35 minute teaching a week isn't enough. Pastor Chris is good, but he ain't that good. Well, verse 18, our scripture for today closes by saying, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Paul is saying we've got to be praying for each other. We need to be in prayer for everyone. We need to be in prayer for everything. You see, prayer has to be a priority in our life. Success in battle begins with prayer. Success in battle ends with prayer. It is the key for victory. God moves mountains and prayer moves God. The armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace. The shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. Did anyone notice that not a single piece of God's armor protects your back? Because we're called to face the enemy. We are called to fight. We are called to stand up for God. Three times in our scripture today, we're called to stand, not run. Not back down from, not flee from, not cower down. We are called to stand. There will always be opposition when you stand up for God. There will always be opposition when you stand up on the side of good. And there will always be opposition when you do what is right and what is honoring to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Well, dear God, we... God, we come before you right now. We are thankful for... Today's worship, 
how our voices can be lifted up and we're able to glorify you together. God, we're thankful for your word this morning. God, we're thankful for this armor. These words you've given Paul, these this armor that you've given us to allow us to be protected, to allow us to be encouraged, to allow us to be strengthened, to allow us to stand up and do the things you're calling us to do, to stand up and go the places you're calling us to go and to stand up and to be the people that you're calling us to be. And God, if there's anyone here today or that's listening on, watching on the live stream, if they've never reached out their hand for you, God, made that trade that we talked about, but they're ready to do so now, I invite them to share this prayer with me. They can speak it out loud. They can speak it in their hearts. It doesn't matter. We can all speak it together like Pastor Chris likes to do. But if you're ready to seal your salvation and have your name written in the book of life, repeat after me, dear God. I admit that I am a sinner and I ask for forgiveness for the things I've done. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and was raised to bring me new life. I confess him now as my Lord and Savior. I commit my life to him. From this day forward, I welcome the Holy Spirit into my life to guide me from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I want to congratulate anybody if they said that prayer for the first time, so give them a hand. We will have ushers that will be dismissing you row by row for safety so wait in your seats until you've been dismissed if anybody is in need of prayer we have a prayer team that's just right to the right up here there's a sign says prayer just in the right corner somebody that would love to pray for you somebody that would love to pray with you you guys have an amazing week and always know that you are loved in this place